Sponsored by the UCD Innovation Academy. You're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You with Dr. Lolly Mansi. Hi, I'm Dr. Lolly, and you're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You. I'm an entrepreneur and a lecturer in UCD's Innovation Academy, and I teach entrepreneurship, innovation, and creativity. And I believe that entrepreneurs are both born and made. In this series, we won't be talking to the Elon Musks and the Richard Bransons of this world. We'll be talking to people just like you. Welcome to An Entrepreneur Like You with me, Dr. Lolly. And today my guest is John Brady from Bowsy. Hi, John. Hi, Lolly. How are you? Great to be here. Very good. Very good. What a beautiful day. It's a balmy 25 degrees in Dublin. Aren't we lucky? Yeah, it's fantastic when it happens. And also, particularly with the late nights, that's what I enjoy. Uh, The late nights and a bit of nice weather can't beat it. Oh, look, it's absolutely stunning. And like it's 11 o'clock before it's dark. It's just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 uh, slightly unusual for me because I spent most of the past twenty years outside of Ireland, so I'm used to everything getting dark around seven or eight o'clock. Uh, so I forgot about the late nights. It's fantastic. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. We all moan when the clocks change, but it's really really yeah. good when they go this way. So we were just talking about that. So let's bring our listeners in because I am just very fortunate and feel very spoiled to say that I'm just back from Indonesia. I've been in Bali. Um, so I finished teaching in UCD, and then I legged it out there, and I spent some time in Bali and in Indonesian, the Indonesian islands of Gili T, Gili Air, Gili Meno. I also went to Lombok and I fell absolutely in love with it. And when I just told you that, you said you used to live in Indonesia. Yeah, I, I lived in Jakarta. Jakarta is a very different experience to the islands. Yes, it's, for sure. uh, it's a fantastic place uh, to live. There's huge uh, amount of energy in the city, but it also meant that those trips like to the Gili Islands or to Lombok yeah. was just a couple of hours and it was stunning. I mean, some of the best... Uh, diving we did was yeah. uh, off the islands there there's fantastic uh, wildlife and, and some of the islands as you know are relatively unspoiled they, yeah. they, one of them I think on the Gili Islands they don't allow cars or That's any motorised right, vehicles tea, on yeah. it I, yeah. Spent, I, spent a, I spent four days there then I had a, a meeting I was doing a little bit of work on AI ethics and so I had a meeting back on the mainland in Bali so I went back to have that um, and we were talking about um, parts of the world that are in digital darkness and yeah. what that means and why um, it's really important that we combine our resources and our, our human rights uh, uh, efforts around the algorithms and the data. Yeah. And, and and I was talking to somebody uh, that she was from flying in from Jakarta. And what was really interesting about being in Gili T is that they, um, I'm always, because I'm on the innovation side of things, I'm always fascinated by how people su- survive and thrive. And um, you're right, they only have bicycles and horses and carts. Yeah. But some bright spark, an innovator had brought in um, electric scooters and they came in and they were gone as quickly as they were, as they were brought in. And the, oh, really? the, they got, they, they, the committee they got of the island said, this is not an ethos with the way we want to live. Wow. So how wonderful, because actually electric scooters are a bit of a bugbear of mine. I yeah. wish people would wear helmets. I just have my, my heart in my mouth the whole time. Yeah. One pothole and you're gone. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about you. And so we first crossed paths when um, I came into touch with you because of the Innovation Academy. And I'm always looking for people that are innovating in new areas. And HR is one of those areas and recruitment and internships are also a particular hatred of mine if they're not paid. Because I just think it's just, there's no such thing as free labor. Everyone's time is worth something. Um, And so we crossed paths because of your initiative of Bowsy. But before we come on to all of that and your recent awards and accolades, um, let's talk about you. So where did you come from? How did you end up in Indonesia? Let's tell, talk us through your personal journey. Yeah. So to step back a little bit, my dad was uh, an entrepreneur 
and dad right. set up some of the first gyms and health stores in the 1960s in Ireland. Wow, uh, so what were they called? It was Health and Strength was the gym in okay. Frederick Street. Um, and I think it was Drury Health was the name of the health stores. So he yeah. was doing, you know, uh, organic yogurts and things like Way that. Way before uh, it was you know, 60 years ago. Uh, so I, I kind of grew uh. up with a, with a dad as an entrepreneur and yeah. I kind of knew the ups and downs of that, you know, yeah. uh, the stresses that go along with it, a little right. bit of the uncertainty that goes along with it. And I ended up going into a, a, a corporate job. My background was in marketing and I ended up working for a FTSE 10 company, uh, right. ended up as a marketing director. And that took me all around the world. I, I've lived and worked in, in 12 different countries, um, you know, starting off in the UK and then uh, ending up living in Tehran with my family, uh, living in, wow. in Indonesia, Jakarta, and then most recently, uh, Croatia. So right. I, I spent six years living in Zagreb, which is a fantastic part of the world. Pe- people know the coast, but they don't know yeah. Zagreb that well. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, city to live in, great quality of life. And it was when I was in uh, Zagreb that we, m- uh, myself and a couple of other parents we're planning ahead in terms of our kids and university and yeah. where they'd go. And it was in those discussions that we kind of realised that nothing had changed in the 25 odd years <laughs> since I changed. had left yeah. university. And in fact, the experience I've had since, like working with students, has probably got a little bit worse. Yeah. So um, we started looking at opportunities, you know, so that, uh, yeah, to, to give our, our daughters and sons, you know, some kind of work experience. You know, how, how are they going to survive if they were kind of right. uh, living abroad? And at that time, we talked about um, doing kind of little exchanges between our own companies, like somebody getting, uh, somebody's son getting experience in my yeah, company and vice versa. Yeah, we still do that year, right? <laughs> we yeah. call up our resources, yeah. <laughs> and then we we started looking at um, you know, building a platform that would kind of support this. And, and it was a passion project for me. Right. Uh, the, the ambition was to have uh, uh, something in place for when my daughter was in university. And I was doing this on the weekends. I was enjoying getting my hands dirty, you know, on, on social media, on the tech side and everything yeah. else. And the more I got involved in it, the more uh, I saw that there was a huge opportunity here. Yeah. And the, the opportunity speaks to what you were talking about um, um, mm. in terms of, for example, unpaid internships. Yeah. That there's huge inequality of opportunity among yeah. students uh, to actually get the work experience Absolutely. and to get the job they want. If and your parents aren't connected, you're not going to get anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, for me, for example, I was a first generation. I was the first in my, my family, brothers and sisters, to go to university. So yeah. my parents didn't have a... You know, my, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so my parents had no network. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was it was difficult getting my first job. Most of my time in university was I was working in McDonald's, Burger King, yeah. Roger stores, uh, etc., um, and for a lot of students, that's a barrier because it, you know, yep. because their parents don't have a network. They can't get that kind of experience. Or, um, you know, if there are unpaid internships, which I've been surprised about how many are still out there. Yeah. It kind of favours the students who are lucky enough to be, you know, staying at home with their parents and can afford to. Um, right. It disadvantages right. the students who have to earn, you know, to pay yeah. for their rent, etc. Or even supporting their own family members, you know, yeah, and exactly. they're doing that from a very early age. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, also, you know, there's other factors in terms of, you know, where you where you live, right. um, you know, so if you're in a rural area, you'd have to move to Dublin or Cork or, and you know, to get the experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of inequalities and we started looking at uh, remote mm-hmm. um, uh, project work and work experience. And this was pre-COVID. 
when everybody thought, okay, first of all, you're dealing with students and, yeah. you know, people in their mind had a question, what kind of quality of work would you get from students? Right. And then secondly, you know, how, how how can remote working facilitate, you know, a lot of these projects and tasks? Oh, and then of we course, were to learn so much. Yeah. <laughs> then along, of course, along came COVID and yeah. everything changed. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the technology was uh, ubiquitous. Yeah. You know, everybody was uh, started using it, including my 80-year-old mother, you know, uh, for yeah. Zoom calls and uh, it became, made things much more accessible. And it was more of a mindset change than a technological breakthrough that mm. people actually began to see, you know, uh, that the, the uh, kind of Zoom remote working broke down a lot of barriers. It didn't mm. matter, you know, where where you lived, where you studied. So it was a real leveler and uh, that helped us a lot in actually um, getting traction. Us, who was us at that time? So at the at the time, uh, it was myself and there was two other dads. Yeah, uh, both um, uh, from out? corporate backgrounds. So, yeah, Richard and Igor. They're they're yeah. in uh, they live in the Netherlands and Spain, so they probably won't hear this. We'll podcast them out. Yeah. So um, uh, out of the three, I'm the the the, the sole uh, co-founder that's left. Okay. Uh, the two of them, um, I, I guess. For a lot of entrepreneurs, it's it's very hard, um, you know, when you're supporting your your family. It's not it's not yeah. a, it's not just a personal choice that you know yeah. I, I want to pursue this. You take your family, your kids, you know, everybody along with Absolutely. you. And for some people, that's you know, it's it's more challenging than others. Yeah. And I was lucky enough. Um, the, the children were getting ready for university um, uh, I had planned for their, their fees, so I, there was a bit of preparation. I was lucky enough to yeah. do that, and I guess. When you're um, when you're looking at entrepreneurship, at least in my mind, when you're when you're young, you know, when you're you're just out of university, you've, um, to lose. you've got yeah, it's a great great time yeah. to do it. Yeah. Uh, after that, it becomes more difficult, you yeah. know, particularly when you have your families and, and all these responsibilities and yeah. mortgages. And I was kind of at the stage of my life where um, I could have. Couldn't afford to take the risk, but where I could manage the risk a bit better. So what do we call it a calculated risk, right? So it's a yeah. you've, you've some money in the bank. You know you'll be okay for X amount of time. Yeah. You know you had a great salary, I'm sure, as a marketing director. So as a consequence, it's a calculated risk of I can give this a time, but d- you probably had a time span on it, did you? It has to work within. Yeah, X and it's, it's it's gone beyond that uh, <laughs> that time span. You know, uh, well, it's working. So it you're is, fine. It is yeah. working. You know, yeah. uh, I think. My vision of where I'd be is slightly yeah, well, I, different I, to the reality of there. where we are. Yeah. Uh, Next but, year I'll be a millionaire, yeah. boy. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think that's, uh, you know, that's um, an important part of, you know, uh, successful or unsuccessful entrepreneurs, right. you know. Um, so um, I'm the last one surviving from that. And what I started to, to do was started to use students yeah. uh, on Project Work to help build the platform, to help do the marketing, the social it's a, media. It's a very meta idea. And I hate the fact that meta have taken the word meta because it was one of my favorite words. And now I just feel I'm talking about Facebook <laughs> but uh, and Mark Zuckerberg. But basically, it's a very meta idea to, to be involved in something using students to help the students and then use the students themselves to build it. You know, yeah. it's quite nice conceptually. Yeah, and, and I, I've, I'm, I have been for the past couple of years the eldest person in the company by, if I'm kind to myself, by at least 25 years. Everybody yes. else in the company. You're the elder lemon. Yeah, or either recent, <laughs> recent, I've called a lot worse. Uh, so either a recent graduates or some of the are students who are still in their final year. Yeah, you know, So that makes it great. It gives you, a, a, there's a huge amount of energy. Uh, there's a huge amount of enthusiasm and, and the students really strongly believe yeah. in, in what we're doing. And it's proved to be a very interesting uh, recruitment model as well, you know, that speaks to yeah. uh, what we're doing in terms of how remote working can change that. And 
we started using students from you know universities all over Ireland, and some right. of them went on to stay with us. Right. You know, so one of our first hires was from the Smurfit Graduate School of Business. Yeah, and. If I had approached things the traditional way, you know, hi, yeah. this is a company called Bowsy that you've never heard of before. Um, you know, our future as a startup is always uncertain and yeah. we'll probably pay a little bit below the market rates. Yeah. You know, nobody would have come near us. Yeah. Uh, but because we got them involved in the projects, um, a lot of people felt very passionate about what we we're doing and stayed on, you know. Yeah. And it's we've seen that as well for small businesses that have been using students for project work. Yeah, And to put that in context... This is from a UK survey, but I think it applies, you know, equally to Ireland. Mm. Uh, less than 12% of students uh, or graduates would consider working for a small business. Yeah. Um, and less than 1% for a startup. Uh, so it, it's very difficult, you know, for, for small businesses, which, uh, yeah. which account for, I think, 50% of the workforce in Ireland. It's, it's such an interesting conundrum because actually all the advice, so, you know, I would have lifelong learners. I've got people in their, you know, older age, age groups, sort of 30s onwards um, in, in the Innovation Academy through the Springboard courses. And actually, I, I, I give them the opposite advice, which is look for a startup, because actually yeah. when you get in on that ground level, Part of the problem that uh, all companies are facing at the moment is talent acquisition, finding the right yeah. people and then talent retention, keeping them. Um, if you can get in on the ground level as a startup, you're never going to be involved in something so exciting with so much potential. It might not work, but yeah. you've nothing to lose because you can get another job. We've got a, it's, it's a buyer's market at yeah. the moment, let's face it. You know, But it, if it does work, you may end up with equity, you may end up part of it, but you'll also grow and see what it looks like. So not everyone, so I run the grad cert in entrepreneurship and innovation. Not everyone is a founder. And yeah. and so, you know, for, for that, the most exciting landscape of all is that 1% of those startups. Um, and I, you know, and, and in terms of talent acquisition and retention, you'll stay if you love it and you grow with it. You know, yeah. you'll be rewarded by it. And, and as it grows, you'll have this sense of purpose and pride in it. You'll feel uh, ownership over, uh, over part of it, over your role in it. Yeah. And so I think that that's, we're probably going about things all wrong because certainly in Dublin, I know we've got a lot of tech layoffs, but it's still only, it is 6% of our own overall market. It's not as big as we imagine because it dominates in Dublin, but it really isn't, you know, as, as it isn't sort of, you know, the 25% that some people would imagine it is. But I think in terms of the tech companies, they're so astute at, especially the big four, at, at, at bringing the students in to say, look at us, we're so big and shiny and you, you know, we've heard of us and this is amazing. When actually the experience on the ground is, is, is a little lackluster from some of them. And I won't name names, but, you know, you and I both know what we're talking about. Whereas when you've got a startup, you've got that very close accessibility to the founder and to the mission statement and the core values, where the core values are very diluted when you've got a company of a thousand people or more. You know, Absolutely. they have to be. Yeah. So, so you know, I wonder if we're just, it, it, that's, it's almost like a secret, you know, that like yeah. you should go for a startup. Well, so. I was, yeah, I, I was lucky enough, I, I actually did a, I was asked to talk to a group of students recently about the benefits of working in mm. a small business and a, a startup. Yeah. And it was something very new, something that nobody's actively considering. And and as you said, it opens up you know, a much broader uh, scope for, for experience. Yeah. And there's nothing to be lost. The big companies also look at this very favorably. And yeah. one of our yeah, uh, hires do. was working with Bowsy for two years. Uh, and uh, she skipped the traditional graduate recruitment and ended up going in a management level in yeah. one of the big four. Yeah. So I think uh, whatever way you look at it, whether you continue on a startup journey, you get equity and, you know, or you, you just cut get, your teeth. Yeah. yeah uh, or, yeah, you cut your teeth and, and you end up going into another company, um, you know, at a higher level. But, but also I think that journey kind of supports 
students at understanding what mm. the, what they enjoy, where they can add value, and what they're good at. And very often, students will will sign you know the the, uh, the dotted line on the, you know the biggest uh, check or a yeah, safe right. employer. And very often, the employer decides you know what space that you go into. You know, and then yeah, you you you're not a, you don't learn those generalist skills either. You know, in a startup, you do a little bit of everything, right? Because yeah. you have to. So as a founder, you're doing absolutely everything, like kind of until you get your team around you, and then you you start to build. But in a bigger company, you're siloed. You're never going to you know cut across departments, and so I think that's that's absolutely invaluable. I think the other thing as well is the carrot. You know, the carrot of the big pay. Um, you know, is often masking. <laughs> It's often masking something else. Um, you don't, you know, I know we have terrible rent situation at the moment in, in, in Dublin, but, you know, when you're starting out, like kind of, you know, you don't really think about the bigger issues that you think about when you're older, work satisfaction, loyalty, um, the tribe, the people that you're around, yeah. you know, um, they're incredibly important. Um, and I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've heard a few people uh, recently being talk about being, you know, the induction process into the, the being Googlers and the little hats they wear and just how cringy it made them feel, you know, from their personal perspective, um, you know, and sort of you haven't got any of that sort of Disneyfication yeah. of of the experience. You've just got this is us, and here we are, and we may be three people, and on any given day, everything will yeah. change. Yeah. That's I, the fun part. It, and I, look, I, I was guilty on the other side. Like I, you know, I, I was responsible for recruit, recruitment and, uh, as well within the marketing function. Um, sometimes you brought graduates in, or you had interns, and you, 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 you'd yeah. be kind of stretched. Well, what, what, what would we give them to do? Um, and yeah. you know, we were guilty of not taking advantage of, of that talent. In my experience at startups, being the opposite, you, you give the yeah. graduates the space and the stretch, you know, and they and they perform and they love it, and they're extremely proactive in in terms yeah. of you know getting things done, coming up with ideas. So it's a fantastic opportunity for any graduate or for anybody to be looking at the opportunity to go into a, a startup. You get a, a much broader range of responsibilities. Yeah, like as you say, it helps you build your kind of softer skills as yeah. well. And it helps you understand what you really enjoy, you know. So when you make that, if you if you do make that kind of career choice after a startup, you know, you know where you where are the areas that you'll enjoy and where you can actually add value. And we've even seen that with the remote working uh, yeah. part. We've had a management accounting student who was doing a management accounting project, and he realised he doesn't like management accountancy. Right. He wanted to, you know, he loved now the social he has to media side. Years. So yeah. So so I mean, you know, it's better yeah. finding out now than going into a you know going into a oh, job, look, a, and that's it. A hundred percent. There is yeah. a part of me, a skeptical part of me that wonders if it's the it's it's ageism on our part you know that we see uh, the younger generation as you know we, we buy into the, the clickbait labels of sort of snowflakes and all the rest of it we can talk about that after the break so yeah. after the break I want to come back and I want to figure out from you about and if you'll be so kind to disclose how the model works great broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9 this is Dublin South FM Welcome back to An Entrepreneur Like You with me, Dr. Lolly, and my guest today, John Brady from Bowsey. So, John, just before the break, we were talking uh, about, you know, potential ageism. Is it that we see the younger generation as as not capable in some way? I don't know, because, you know, there is this, always this idea of sort of, you know, the expert in the room is the older person, you know, and like, how do we, how do we get around that? Yeah, I think it's, it, that's for that line of thought is very much reflected in how you know people are managed as graduates as well you know it's a very yeah. linear uh, process and you spend and it doesn't really um, reflect the reality that I've seen you know working in a startup and yeah. 
Um, I, I think in a in a in a good safe environment, you know, the, the students are very comfortable speaking up and challenging, you know, yes. and coming up with their own ideas. And I don't think they're really given those opportunities, you know, earlier on. And and those kind of talents maybe emerge later on, but they were always there. Does and it, they're always innate. Does it then come back to this sort of idea of innovation mindset? You know, because if you have an innovation mindset, what you're doing is constantly um, looking for gaps or joining the dots between things that weren't related before, or you're seeing, you're, you're cultivating ideas. You know, so when you're when you're in a role and you've got a manager in, and they're saying, okay, this is what you're doing, just do this. You know, you're not then allowed the space to be creative. But yeah. where the where the true innovation and the true genius in 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 all business lies is in that creative innovation, right? And being given the space to do your own thing. So, is it that we just have we got it all wrong? <laughs> I, 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 um, it's, it's interesting because you know when, when you look at the you know, traditional university or school education, there's very little space for creativity. You can't right. come, come out with a, a degree in creativity. You know, right. it's something that somebody has and. We're not really, um, through the formal education system or the formal, let's say, internship or graduate, we're not really given the space to really grow that creativity or test that creativity. But there's a right way or a wrong way. You know, this is right, this is the right answer, this is the wrong answer. Yeah, and and, and, (laughs) yeah, so you come into organisations that usually have very strongly embedded processes, you know, and uh, uh, I get the feeling it's not in your interest to challenge those, certainly at at the early stages. And it's all about, you know, um, I guess, conforming to succeed. Um, and we're not given that space. And I think as well, when you look at, you know, internal innovation in companies, a lot of them are, are struggling with that. You know, they're, they're, they're struggling to internalize, yeah. you know, uh, certainly external innovation. Um, a lot of innovation has to come from within or in-house. Yeah. It's that kind of uh, mindset. And I guess what we can see now I mean, with the pace of change and, you know, obviously everybody has been talking about AI and the implications that's going to have on the, on their businesses. Right. You know, so they, they, they don't have those kind of product life cycles of, you know, 10, 20 years anymore. Absolutely. Things are changing so rapidly and innovation is really important, you know, um, factor that companies really need to harness and students are a, a fantastic source of that because they have that unbiased view they don't have that, you yeah. know, uh, boxed thinking. Well, they're also very adept at um, multimodal engagement, you know, using more than one uh, device at a time. Yeah. Uh, they're also incredibly good at um, understanding the way that digital platforms work and, and, and being able to navigate through them incredibly fast because they've grown up with them. For us, we may be a little bit more clumsy and clunky, you know, in terms of that. My daughter still laughs because I type with my fingers, not my thumbs, you know, and she's like, <laughs> good grief. You know, you're like someone from the 18th century, you know. And so, um, you know, I, I think when it, when it comes comes down to that like kind of you know we there tends to be that we go oh that's a tech issue and then there's an everything else issue right are we also going well that's a in terms of sort of our engagement with AI and those businesses that lean into AI will thrive potentially and those that don't won't and then that you know that is the bottom line at the moment in terms of something like AI have we got our heads so far in the sand still and my assumption is that we may do because we're a little dystopian because of the clickbait that we're being fed Um, but uh, you know that we all sort of fear if if I don't think about it it'll go away you know, and yet the other younger generation are like, you know, making all the, creating all of this beautiful stuff and, you know, we're seeing it and sort of, you know, they're, they're able to, to their attention span is incredibly fast and incredibly focused, you know. So it's, it's, it's almost like sort of, well, we are in the fourth revolution at the moment, but I imagine it's almost like sort of, you know, I feel like it's the dying of the dinosaurs all over again, you know. It's like, you know, if we don't lean into it, 
and we don't lean into harnessing what you know what what the graduates know and they are on the cusp of the cutting edge technology um we're at risk if we don't engage with them right i mean absolutely and you know without going down like you said a dystopian route that the yeah. the Opportunities from AI to add value is absolutely enormous, uh, enormous. and yeah. and not just in business, right through community in terms of uh, community engagements, inequalities, um, you know, uh, medical services, absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, and I think you, know, you said this the fourth revolution. I mean, a couple of hundred years ago, uh, during industrialization, people were having right. the same the discussion. Jenny, you know, exactly you know, right. But what what it did uh, do was it, it freed up people into into more value adding, more re- uh, rewarding roles, and you know, so yeah. it has an absolutely huge. Uh, uh, potential to drive positive impact um, in the future. Yeah, it's a tool like anything else. You know, it's neither good nor bad. It's um, you know, it's 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 how you, it's how you in- engage with it. Um, let's go to your model because I'm fascinated to explore. Firstly, you know, you've talked a little about it, about its inception, but you know, how you created and what does it currently look like, and and how has that come to be? Describe it for us. How okay. does Bowsy work? So basically, Bowsy is, is, is essentially a platform, when you boil it down, that allows graduates or, or uh, final year uh, students in university to connect with businesses through mm-hmm. remote project work. So the idea is um, in your final year of university or your postgraduate studies, um, there's an opportunity for students to get practical work experience, you mm-hmm. know, to build up uh, an employer network, to, to, to get an alternative to, you know, the traditional part-time jobs. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with those part-time jobs, but when you're in your final year and you're next in the uh, uh, yeah. marketplace, it's really important. And we started off, probably this reflects my uh, kind of marketing background. We did some research with, um, through uh, another company amongst 330 graduates uh, in Ireland all across the, um, the country. And 89% of them said they weren't happy with the current graduate recruitment process, which was huge. Yeah. Um, And when we asked them, well, what was, you know, what was the the biggest barrier that you had uh, in getting the job that you wanted? Not the job that you got, but the job that you wanted. The number one was lack of work work experience, relevant work experience. It wasn't the degree I studied or my location. It was I didn't have... The, the experience that they required. And it sounds yeah. a bit strange, you know, uh, that no, people you have are asking to bridge, for it. You have to bridge between study and work, you yeah. know, and if all you've got is I'm a good person and I, you know, I, yeah. I, I look after the old ladies down the road once a week or whatever, that's wonderful. And that's great for, you know, your for humanity, but that's not going to give you the cutting edge when it comes over yeah. somebody else that's got the work experience through their network, right? So, I mean, that's what yeah. it comes down to. It's leveling the field. And it also speaks to the, to the point you said about equality of opportunity. Yeah. And there were studies in the, in the US and the UK uh, looking at students who were in traditional uh, part-time roles versus uh, part-time roles that were related to what they studied. Yes. And yeah. the students were lucky enough to work in a role that was related to the field of study were amongst the best academic performers. Absolutely, yeah. And conversely, it disproportionately impacted kind of lower income and minority students who yeah. had to work longer hours in traditional jobs and lower had a negative jobs. impact yeah, on their uh, academic studies. So that was the, that's the, the, the premise behind it. There's a very strong you know, student mandate. I want to get um, work experience. On the other side of the equation, you have lots of businesses who are really struggling to uh, connect with graduates. And yes. we talked to uh, a lot of the career centres around Ireland and said, look, there's lots of businesses, including small businesses who'd love to connect with students, but there are a lot of barriers that, um, you know, in terms of we have to set up contracts, what happens if the student doesn't work, we've got employer contributions, there's admin burden, etc. So a lot of a lot of companies kind of put that in a too difficult box and they, yeah. they, and they wouldn't know how to connect, you know, and yeah, the, the career centres don't have the bandwidth for, you know, right. multiple relationships with thousands of businesses. They usually default, you know, yeah. uh, to some of the, the, the better known uh, yeah. larger employers. 
So there was a real gap between students on one side looking for, I want to get relevant work experience and companies who are struggling to connect. And that's what our platform does. So basically the, the platform leg- uh, leverages the legislative framework around the gig economy. So yeah. it means the students can work completely flexibly. They can build their, their uh, work around their study, not the other way around. It's, yeah. you know, it's effectively output driven. And then employers can engage a student for four hours or for four months. Yeah. You know, so they can dip in there, they can test drive maybe future talent, or you know, a lot of companies actually need something it's a done. Nice phrase, yeah. Test drive future talent. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So they can, you know, uh, what we found in, in in the early stages where a lot of businesses were looking at this, you know, I need to get something done. I need someone to, to build my website or yeah. to do my social media management. Yeah. Um, but it, it, the range of tasks that, that, that are supported is, is much wider than we ever kind of envisaged. So you have architect students doing floor plans for a hotel. You know, uh, we had nurses doing interviews during COVID. Yeah. So it supports a huge amount of work. And um, it's it's a kind of a win-win scenario where, you know, I get paid as a student. I get experience. I have something I can talk to on my resume. I might even have a long-term career now with this company. But you may also have connections through that company to another company. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then on the other side, the businesses actually get things done. They they can actually tap into, you know, a highly skilled, you know, creative workforce that up to this point has been very difficult to, you know. And that really talks to what we were just discussing, though, that that sort of, you know, you're getting somebody straight out of the university system whereby what they've learned is of the moment. So their skill level is is now. It's you know it's it's exactly. it's, it's shiny, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, rather than being a little old old fashioned yeah. or, or or past it. They they're learning from you know from from lecturers whose job it is to keep them absolutely up to date with the latest things. So they are they're in, incredibly uh, were, you know talented at that particular stage. Yeah, yeah completely yeah. unconstrained and. and a fantastic source of kind of you know uh, well, they creative haven't ideas. Been, they haven't been bet down by the, uh, the 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 trials of adulthood. Yes, yeah. <laughs> adulting. You know what I mean. So they're probably very optimistic, which is and also it, lovely. It's something that some of the larger companies are also recognising. Yeah, that this is a fun, you know so. You know, some of the larger companies would be saying, well, you know, I don't need somebody to do my accountancy. I have, you know, yeah. hundreds of accountants but or my social media management. But the opportunity there and what companies are recognising, this is a great opportunity to throw real business challenges at uh, students yeah. and you know, get them to do desk research. So h- how is AI going to change, you know, retail in the next 10 years? Right. Or what, what are the opportunities for that? So giving students real challenges, you know, that are relevant to their field of study, let yeah. them explore, come back with some ideas. You know, yeah. so the output is, um, number one, here's some some crazy ideas coming, you know, uh, yeah. that actually could make a big difference. And secondly, the student, the companies have first sight on talent. They're engaging students yes. like um, earlier on while they're still in university, and they're test driving them exactly. Yeah, right. and, yeah. and the other thing that we did in in this research was we were asking students, okay, if you're if you're not happy with the current graduate recruitment process, what would you like to change? You know, do you mm. want more internships? Would you like better communication from employers? Would you like uh, you know more uh, graduate fairs? Mm. And it was none of those. What what they actually said is we wanted opportunities to get uh, experience and yeah. where all the employers, a lot of the employers are engaging now are in the very traditional areas, you know, around the internships and the grad fairs and everyone else. Yeah. And the whole remote working space is empty, and there's a huge opportunity right. for them. We we had one. Uh, project uh, and we had in, in the, we put it on TikTok uh, and when I think two days or three days we had over 40,000 likes we had uh, 40,000 views we had 700 students applying so it shows you there's a really strong mandate students want to be engaged uh, yeah. in this area and they're really looking for that kind of experience and just going back to the, to the platform this is all facilitated in it so the, the 
employer, you can post a project very simply. We, we yeah. use AI to write the brief. So you just type in, you know, I want a student to build me a website for a car rental company and it'll, it'll do the brief automatically for you. You nominate the, uh, the hourly rate for the students um, and then students apply. You know, um, okay. Do you get a parameter and say this is the average for the student in this field or how does it work? Yeah, we'd, yeah. We'd normally, it's normally students are, are, are getting somewhere between 14 and 16 euros an hour. Excellent. And students are delighted with it um, yeah. because also what you don't have on that is you're hopping on the bus or the dart to go yeah, uh, to the job, the, da- yeah, yeah, the downtime. Yeah. And also sometimes it's very output driven. You know, some employers are saying, okay, here's 500 euros to do this project. Okay. You can do it in 10 hours or it might take you 40 hours. You know, it's purely output driven. So the, the students, uh, um, as you can imagine, uh, love these kind of opportunities. Yeah. And th- there's big upsides for the companies as well. It's, you know, it's a very kind of simple process. They can connect with talent from all over the country. Mm. And it also represents opportunities for, let's say, rural areas yeah. who, who are losing talent. You know, if I want to get a, a particular job, I need to go to Dublin or right. uh, Cork. But for rural areas, it allows them to connect with local talent as well, yeah. you know, um, through the remote work. So you don't have to leave. And the, the discovery process, you know, meaning when a student is working for a small business, for example, um, it, they very quickly see the benefits. And mm. we've got lots of case studies of students going on to stay in those companies. Yeah. And to break that default mindset of the big four or whatever else yeah, isn't yeah. proving to be that difficult. And you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of a, um, a realisation students have when they're doing this, you know, that this is a, a actually a, a very engaging work. There's opportunity to grow, whether it's a startup or a small business, there's opportunity to grow. And you mentioned also about, um, you know, uh, how important it is, you know, in terms of uh, the culture, the people, you know, yeah. uh, not just the salary. But this also gives the students, if you're working for a bigger company, to really understand, you know, the culture of that company. Is there a, is there a fit? You know, which you don't find out until after you've signed the, 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 the dotted line. Yeah, You know, absolutely. so it allows you to explore what's, what, what's, uh, what are the managers like, you know, uh, what kind of areas are they working in? So it allows... Uh, students really to understand the company better as well as the other way around. Well, they the get to try it on for size and vice versa, you yeah. know, uh, which is really interesting. So so would I be right in thinking then that the biggest disruption of Bowsey is to the grad traditional grad fair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How are you seen by your competitors? Um, it's interesting. <laughs> so Some of the big competitors have taken, no, we're still very small. We're still yeah. only in Ireland. And, for now. Uh, for now. We'll talk and, about more of that and more after the break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the moment, we, we, people have noticed us, and we've got, and I think we've also got a lot of recognition for that. Mm. Um, we have there's nothing really similar uh, out yeah. there at the moment. Uh, the, the closest thing would be the big ones like LinkedIn and Indeed, um, yeah. you know, but nobody um, is is actually really connecting the uh, the students, and a lot of the, the bigger platforms kind of uh, struggle with students. I think. I don't know. It's less than 20% of students have a profile on LinkedIn. Right. And when you do find a student on LinkedIn, the profile is usually very, very uh, uh, basic. Yeah. So it, the, the I guess the, the conversations that we've had are still relatively early days, but we yeah. have been getting noticed. There isn't anything out there at the moment uh, compared to us. And the reception has been very positive. Like So, for example, when we talk to the career centres who will be you know talking to the competitors yeah. and everything else, once you explain to them like what, the ethos is and what our, yeah. our, our values Where are. Where the heart lies, yeah. The doors fly open. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. working with nearly every career centre um, of the third level institutes around Ireland. And the same thing's happening now uh, with the UK. We've had organic uh, growth for universities in Europe coming on board as well. 
You know, so uh, so far it's it's been, I guess, it's addressing a gap that isn't there. We're not directly stepping on anybody's toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's certainly an appetite to support it as well. Well, we'll be talking about the UK after the break, which is very exciting because I know that, you know, uh, you're you're intending to scale. But um, it's fascinating. And I think, you know, in terms of, of, of the added value, it's 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 just so obvious. And I, I love a business where I'm like, why didn't this exist before? Yeah. You know, this should have always existed. So incredibly huge congratulations on everything you've achieved so far. Let's take a break and we'll come back. Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. Welcome back to An Entrepreneur Like You with me, Dr. Lolly, and John Brady from Bowsey. So we're talking about scaling. So you've got the platform. What's the timeline from these, the, that very early idea of working with the different dads and putting it together to now? How long has that taken It's been you? around three years. So okay. the first year was really about developing our minimal MVP, you know, yeah. the basic product. Minimum viable uh, product. That's it. I, yeah. I knew I was going to catch myself <laughs> on that. So... Um, and then we uh, went through a um, round of funding. Right. Uh, we went through crowdfunding here uh, well in Ireland. And we were also supported, of course, by Enterprise Ireland. Yeah. So they gave us match funding. And what that allowed us to do was... So just explain for the listeners, the match funding is you raise a certain amount and they match that yeah, amount. Yeah, and I have to say, um, Ireland is an incredible uh, place to start yeah, uh, a startup. And... Um, we had, as I said, in the early stages, we had we had discussions around the Netherlands, around Spain, and nothing compares to the support. I mean, first of all, anybody investing in Bowsy through um, the crowdfunding um, would, would get, I think, 40% of their investment back in tax because of the EIIS scheme here, yeah. which is uh, uh, fairly unique. And then on the other side, Enterprise Ireland was matching uh, uh, the, the funding, so they That's invest brilliant. in the company as yeah, well. Yeah. So. Uh, effectively, if somebody invests um, net five euros, uh, you're getting close to 20 euros into the company. Yeah, so yeah, it's, absolutely. It, it's, and also the other part of it's it, phenomenal. talking to the, the scaling journey, is Enterprise Ireland's network uh, around, I think, 60 different uh, markets around the world. Yeah. It's incredible. And they've been extremely helpful in introductions into you know some new markets as well. So we're in a very unique position, albeit Ireland being a, a relatively small market itself, yeah. but as a place to actually start up a business and the support that's available here for startups is, is tremendous and you won't find it anywhere else. The UK has Agreed. some comparable um, yeah. schemes like SCIS, EIS, but they don't have the Enterprise Ireland backside of it. Um, So it's a fairly unique environment um, globally. So how are you going to take this to the UK? Well, we have uh, an agreement with uh, a UK company. It's basically, um, it's a a hub for small businesses around the UK and they have around 140,000 small businesses throughout the UK and Ireland. And Bowsy will be the exclusive resource uh, supplier for those small businesses. Wow. So is that already in writing? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's an agreement. You know, these things is always. It a handshake? <laughs> what is it? No, it's we have signatures. <laughs> okay, uh, good. It's a contract, but uh, it's it's not exactly a contract. But we've been working okay. very closely with these uh, the company. They're very excited about the opportunity. Yeah. And um, the, the 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 need in the UK is is the same as the need in in, uh, in Ireland, and we were last week we were Except invited. Except sixty million people. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it, we're we're going from a you know, relatively small market are, to yeah. the second largest market yeah. in terms of uh, end users of freelance services yeah. in the UK. The US is obviously number one. Yeah, and. 
Um, last week we were in Belfast. We were invited uh, to present at Belfast uh, DNA event. Very well done. Um, and we started uh, conversations now with several universities, and, and the exact same yeah. things happening as as in uh, in Ireland. There's a huge need for this, and um, we've now opened up Bowsy uh, UK. Uh, so we have a, a base now in Belfast. Oh, I'd say you're not uh, sleeping at all, are you? Not very, <laughs> not, not very much. Well, I do not very well. So that's that's a yeah. super exciting. Uh, it's super exciting. Step step. step how are, how are you going to tangibly manage this? So like you've got a you've got a team of how many here at the moment? So there's five of us. Five, so we're yeah. we're, uh, we're a small team. We have part time uh, people yeah. working as well. But you also have an endless supply of students. Which is yeah, handy. we have an endless supply. <laughs> and I, the I, I guess when you're talking about the journey in terms of the uh, the, the three years after we got the funding, um, that primarily went to development of the platform. Yeah. Uh, to create a platform that was automated and scalable. Yeah. And the platform now can be copy and pasted into nearly all the EU markets plus yeah. another 66 markets around the world. And the the platform has to be able to support, you know, a large volume of work. It has to be automated. Yes. It has to be intuitive. And that's why we've built in things like AI into it as well yeah. to further facilitate the process. So, Do you have a CTO? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's called the chief operations manager, uh, but she's really our CTO, yeah. Renata uh, Covici. And Renata, yeah. um, uh, she joined us. She was in. She also was a student in UCD. She joined as a student Brilliant. doing project work, and she's now uh, uh, working with us. Fantastic. And um, she's been behind everything that's kind of happened on, on the uh, on the platform, yeah. and that's what makes. I mean, the, U, the UK really is. It's. it's um, it, it's very simple to actually just replicate the Bowsy platform for the UK market. There's no real tweaks that we need to do. Do you have a, a maximum number of, of employers or jobs that you can take on the platform? Uh, no. I mean, um, you know, it, it's, it, it, uh, it's unlimited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no reason why there would be any limits yeah. on it. And yeah. that'll, that, that allows us to scale very quickly. Absolutely. I mean, of course, we need people on the ground. We need people talking to the universities in the UK. Yeah, there'll be lots of uh, uh, challenges that we probably haven't anticipated yet or experienced yet. Course, you know yeah, that we'll yeah. experience when we're scaling. But we're very excited about about moving into the UK and you know the, the opportunity exists well, as well. To be moving into the UK at the three year point as well is very exciting. It's rare and it's yeah. you know it's that it's you know it's usually around the five year mark that people can make yeah. that kind of leap. So very well done of getting to this point. Let's talk about the name. Where did Bowsy come from? I mean, it's a fantastic. I mean, obviously, uh, you've cho chosen something very memorable. Uh, being called a Bowsy is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> well, most people say, well, you know, they remember. It's affectionate. I had, yeah, I had somebody say the other day, she remembers her, uh, her granny calling her a little Bowsy. Yeah, yeah. And it was an affectionate uh, uh, term. And we. Um, Are you having to explain that to the English market? No, no. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's very rare. I mean, it's usually when you're talking to somebody from Dublin, yeah. that's, you know, over 40 or somebody in yeah. Cork, uh, they'll immediately ask, uh, ask you about Bowsy. But most people don't Just know what a Bowsy is. Okay. They take it as a word. And we, What's the official definition? Uh, Bowsy was, it was a reason we, we came up with an acronym, uh, okay. being online, working, studying your way, the B-O-W-S-Y. Oh, okay, and okay, okay. We had several different options of names and we tested amongst the students and none of the students have any idea what uh, Bowsy is. Okay, and, probably just uh, as well. <laughs> they all, they all, that was the one that came back, you literally, they all uh, uh, really enjoyed it and they said okay. it, was, it was memorable, sounds like fun, you know, well, I, I say to people all the time because I'm always talking about, I'm always talking about your business, I talk about your business a fair bit to people like, oh, you should try Bowsy. And then they're like, 
bowsy. <laughs> no, no, no yeah. it's it's actually it doesn't say you know it yeah. does it does more than you think. <laughs> yeah, and I I like the idea that, that it was a bit of a troublemaker, a disruptor. It was you know, um, yeah. and it was a kind of an endearing term as well. Certainly in in Ireland, it was always yeah, an endearing. Term. So there's a little bit of Irishness to it. Yeah, uh, and I like the idea of the, the disruption. You know, uh, yeah, somebody yeah. who was a little bit of a uh, an upstart yeah. or a troublemaker, and that's what we want to do. Is we want that's to, to drive some changes. It's great. It's one. It's it's definitely very memorable. That's absolutely hilarious. What are some of the challenges in terms of um, your own life then? In you know creating this, you know, work life balance, uh, aspirations, and all the rest of it. Where are you? Where are you currently at with all of that? How are you managing everything? Yeah, it's it's a lot more difficult. Yeah, uh, and I, I bet you everybody says that. You know, yeah. you go in, you know, with uh, fantastic ideas, and uh, you know, every you think everybody's going to get this. Why wouldn't somebody do that? You know, uh, you know, post project or whatever. Uh, but it, it's it proves to be very challenging, and it's the, it's the uncertainty of it. You know, it, you know, not being yeah. able to plan, you know, uh, beyond a couple of months, really. You yeah. know, um, uh, I learned pretty quickly you know, uh, to keep our kind of costs down. And, yes. Um, when I, I came from a big company where it was kind of planned for success. So you have everything in place, ready to go. And I applied that in the early uh, days. Like, you know, so you we, go break very quickly doing this, that in a startup. Yeah, we need this expensive <laughs> business development person. We need this you yeah, know, professional. Yeah, yeah. But, I very quickly learned, you know, that that's, you know, that that's uh, not the way yeah. uh, to build it. So we've really managed our costs to an absolute minimum. And actually using our own business model to grow our business has proved to be very cost effective as well. Like, you know, you, yeah. you know, for certain bits of work, we can get uh, qualified students to do it. Yeah. We have a pool of students that we know work very well and have these uh, skills that kind of uh, uh, is growing, yeah. you know, rotates every year when they go into uh, uh, full-time jobs. But that's worked, that's worked very well for us. So, we have, I guess, um, at least put us, uh, we've put ourselves in a position where we have kind of minimal kind of outgoing um, and that helps us obviously uh, manage the biggest stress for any um, company is uh, the cash flow. Um, yes, but also the biggest risk usually to a company is its founder. The biggest, the biggest strength and yeah. the biggest risk. Of course, you know? I've discounted that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in, so so you know how are uh, you know? Yes, the cash flow is really important and everything else. But how are you managing? Because when you do, when you do something like this kind of level of scaling, you know, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, so are you working seven days a week? How are you switching off? Well, I, I'm I'm working yeah uh, every uh, you know, every minute that, yeah. that I can get. Uh, the, the the challenge is to try and make sure that I'm focusing on the real value add. Right uh, aspects of it because very often you know particularly when you're going through funding yeah you spend you know most of your time talking to VCs and preparing presentations yeah. rather than growing the business so it's a very difficult balancing act um, what what I, I've learned uh, to do is to try and take some time out yeah nothing uh, exciting I'm, I'm not doing uh, mountain climbing I'm just going for walks yeah you know so taking time out to go for walks are these uh, unplugged walks or are these walks with your phone. Um, no, generally unplugged. Good. Generally yeah, unplugged. That will help. And um, it's important to try and take some time out. Yeah. And it's something they do recognise that you know, the, you know the stress can be yeah. numbing. Sometimes you yeah. don't realise that this is not normal. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. And yeah. you know, having support from family is very, very important as well. Having yeah. a, a kind of a strong team is very important as well that recognise yeah. that you know. And are, are you able to step out and know that it'll all be okay for a little while? I mean, um, could you take a week off? 
Probably not. Not yet. I, I, not yet. Uh, yeah. I, yes. So, I mean, if, uh, one sign of it, I haven't taken a holiday in, in four years. Yeah, that's normal. Um, I, one, of, one of the things... Is it funny? We always get to... All, all of us become entrepreneurs for the level of freedom. Like, we just like, oh, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to run my yeah. own life. And then you realise you're working for it seven days a week. Yeah. <laughs> <for us> day. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to do, I want to take a weekend and just sit, sit in the field with a view yeah. and uh, unplug my phones, unplug yeah. everything else. Yeah. And yeah. that's not difficult to do. And, you know, that's yeah. something that... Uh, yeah. I guess uh, it just has to be managed. So it's down to me in some ways as well. Well, it becomes a compulsion, you know. So uh, it's, you know, the, the email checking or staying on top of things or or indeed, you know, like a, the, the dread of a bank holiday weekend when you realise that on the Tuesday you're going to have three days worth of work rather than just the, you know, the normal two or whatever else. So like, you know, in some, in some ways we are our own worst enemies because we cannot stop. It was actually James Welton who started Coda Dojo who told me that. He said that being a serial entrepreneur is like a form of mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> you just cannot stop and you cannot walk away from it. But I, I think it's because we have a a different purpose in mind when we create something. You know, it's it's you know, I won't go as far as saying that Bowsie's your baby, but we do we do feel that we're nurturing something, but it's also pure alchemy. We're creating something from nothing, you know, and yeah. there's nothing as exciting as seeing that successful. So here's my next question. When will you know it's successful? Probably when I can take that three-week holiday uh, in Bali. What about that award you just yeah. won? <laughs> well, that, that's that's. The, uh, <laughs> what did you just win? Uh, well, we, we we got the uh, Chambers Ireland Award for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, um, and that was a national award. That's that was wonderful. That was for work we were doing helping students from uh, disadvantaged backgrounds. Yeah. And without naming the companies, we, we were in a. Uh, we were the only startup. We were the only real small business. We were some of the big four companies were in the same nomination and we, well we kind of thought, well, this might be a token, uh, you know, a bit of tokenism. Yeah. Let's put a Throwing start a small let's fish. put a, a startup. <laughs> yeah. And then we won the Sustainable Business Innovation Award. You know, actually, so that was great. Yeah. Uh, pr- prior to that, we were an Irish Times finalist in a, yeah. for the Innovation Awards. We also won the Irish Tech Startup of Does the it Year feel like Award. Does like success? It, it, it's a recognition. Tech Startup of the Year? Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> yes, it's a recognition, but it, have you even taken a breath to pat yourself on the back a little well, bit? Well, it's kind of confirmation you're not mad, you know? Okay, uh, okay, that, I'll take that. Uh, and that's kind of good because you say, okay, somebody else who knows what they're talking about actually recognises what we're doing. Yes. And yeah. says, that actually, what we're doing makes sense. Yeah, so. Yeah. It's it's um it's very kind of rewarding in that sense to get that kind of acknowledgement because you, you can get. But so, there's always so much more to do. Yeah. So you can't really take a break and t- stop yet. No, and I I think um you know the 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 most tangible next uh, sign of success would be in the UK. Yeah. Um Agreed. and you know bring uh, some more people into the organisation. You know growing the, growing our 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 employees. And making a difference to your know, students, you know, on on a bigger scale. Yeah. And th- there's no th- there's no real limit on this. But you know, like I said, we have organic uh, growth in in Europe. You know, people, students coming on, universities coming on. We've also um, uh, were selected to join one of the uh, biggest HR tech accelerators in the US. Very good. Um, uh, people I was tech just partners. about to ask. Yes. The US has got to be next. <laughs> I don't know when this three-week break is ever going to come but uh, for you because if you go to the UK, then surely you're going to the US, right? Yeah, and we, uh, we have a great team of advisors, three of whom are actually based in the US. And the conversation was with them is always like, we, you have to, you know, we have to launch tomorrow. And we have a, <laughs> we have a, we have an office. You have to clone yourself. Yeah. Get one of those AI students <laughs> yeah, to get it, yourself it's, a, it's, a doppelganger. It's really 
difficult to prioritise and uh, we all have an office in the Science Park of Philadelphia. Uh, you already read, you're already there. Okay. We've already done work with some universities, Tulane University in New Orleans. Uh, they've helped us with our launch plan. So okay. the, the, the foundations for the US are there. Um, but, you know, we have a, a kind of a clear uh, pecking order that, you know, we, we have to continue to scale in Ireland yeah. and grow. Yeah. Um, you know, the scaling then in the UK is on a, a different level. And then we, we, you know, we want to get to the US before someone else does. Well, you better get a move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's absolutely brilliant. And um, just just before we wrap up, because we're in our last couple of minutes, um, advice to people starting out. You know, you came from a marketing background. What was it that made you want to lean into this? Did you just find that you had a really good idea that you couldn't? I think it, it was something innate. Like I say, my father was yeah. always a startup, and, and uh, was always an entrepreneur. And what put me off that. Uh, was the understanding more, seeing more of the downside than the upside. Right. Uh, living through that when we were yeah. uh, when we were younger and, Dad's and all never that. Home. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think I, it was something I always enjoyed. You know, ideas. It's creative. Like a I was itch you can't scratch, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I was in my previous life. I was also the global head of an of an innovation centre for a FTSE ten company in London. Okay. So okay. I always had You've that in me. It. And then. Um, if you asked me four years ago or five years ago would, would I wanted to be in a startup I probably would have said yes uh, if you asked yeah. me what would I do in a startup I probably wouldn't have said I, I don't know Okay, and so it, it was this together. kind of passion project that drove me to it um, you know, it was it was driven by helping my own kids and yeah. some of my friends kids and you know I, I realised at the end of it we had something tangible I had an opportunity here that I would kick myself if I didn't pursue Right so it's that just I need to go for it but it's also the itch like yes. it's that I might yeah. have this in me Yeah and I might be able to succeed. Yeah. If somebody else is listening to this and they've got that same itch, what would you advise them? I, I would advise them to you know, uh, to go for it. And I would say that there's not many places as good as Ireland to actually uh, manage a startup. I mean, it varies for everybody because it depends where you are in your life. You know, it's, it, it is a financial risk yeah. personally. Uh, there are times of your, at your life, particularly you know, when you, you don't have uh, those commitments when you're younger on yeah. or maybe uh, later on. And one of the things that surprised me, and, and you probably know this anyway, the stats in terms of successful entrepreneurs favours the older. Yeah, the older um, you are, the higher the percentage of success. Yeah. And I, I had yeah. my, my mindset going to this, you know, all the, the, the young successful entrepreneurs. That is true, but it's not necessarily the case. There's a higher yeah. chance of success. So people who, you know, who have uh, experience maybe have some kind of uh, financial security uh, there's huge um, benefits in, in doing this and there's a huge amount of support whether it's starting off from your local enterprise office yeah. through to Enterprise Ireland there's lots of support there's grants to, to for you to actually um, explore the feasibility of your business you know Indeed, so the, in UCD, all of our courses are run by Springboard. They're ninety yeah. percent funded, so you know you can come on an innovation course and and and, and 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 try your luck. I I completely agree. I think if you've got it in you and you really think that there might be something there, that you owe it to yourself yeah. to give it a go. Because the worst thing that could happen is it could succeed. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing, going back to where we were at the start of it, you know, for for, for actually working in a startup is also yeah. an option. You know, you don't have to be. You know the, the 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 founder. You can join a startup, yeah. uh, whether you know, uh, you know as a career choice. And and some of these startup positions are very well paid with equity, yeah, because they recognise to get the talent in there, they're going to have to pay you know uh, uh, comparable yeah. market salaries. So yeah. there's all that's also a way to to actually step into it. Maybe a softer way, you yeah. know, for people who want to explore it. Is it's a, it's kind of a safer way. You know, there's lots of companies around there. There's there's connected hubs all around um, Ireland. 
There's a Guinness Enterprise Center. There's loads of startups. So it's not that uh, big a leap to try and connect with one of these, you know, and you know, there are certainly are opportunities, you know, for, for you to add. And you can add a tremendous amount of value if you're experienced, you know, and in your 40s, your 50s, or even retired. And, and similar if you're a student. John Brady from Bowsey, it's a watch this space kind of interview because I have no question in my mind that you are no doubt that you are going to absolutely knock it out the park in the UK and the USA better watch out. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Thank you very much. It'd be great being here to talk to you.